Hello and welcome to Japan by River Cruise. Thank you for joining us. I am uh, Bobby Judo. I'm calling in from southwestern Japan. Hello, I'm Ollie Horn. I'm calling in from northwestern Kuala Lumpur. Interesting. Uh, also today we've got a guest in the studio. This is Brian from Wisconsin. Uh, he teaches JavaScript here while interning at Kyushu Daigaku's College of Riverboat Maintenance. And he's here today because he can get an internship credit for being on the show. Hi, Brian. Hey guys, thanks for having me today. I'm so excited. Is this an actual Brian? He is 100% a real Brian in Fukuoka. There are right. dozens of us. <laughs> <laughs> More on that story later. On this episode, we'll be breaking down the forthcoming Japanese consumption tax increase, uh, what it actually means for us. Plus, as always, we've got your weekly river cruise recommendation. Right, Ali? Yes, that's right. This week's uh, recommendation starts in Miyakojima and continues all the way to the Senkaku Islands. We look at the mainland Chinese tourist subsidy scheme that's looking to attract budget travelers to the island, which offers them not only a free ticket, but a free Chinese flag. Complex, complex stuff there. Plus, uh, I'll be reviewing the recently published English translation of My First Time on a River Cruise, the classic collection of Japanese short stories, all centered around the common theme of losing one's virginity while on board. But first, Soap Talk. <laughs> Bobby Judo, why do we call this section Soap Talk? Uh, we call this, this This will be fun because um, Brian has not been in Japan for as long as either of us uh, and is learning Japanese. So uh, we call it Soap Talk because the difference in the word for small talk and the word for soap is very, very minimal. And Ali, uh, it's one of those ones that Ali just can't get his, his mouth around. Uh, <laughs> so, do you know the word for soap? Uh, no. Uh, would you like to educate me? <laughs> it's, uh, it's Sekken. Sekken. Yes, Bo Sekken. yes Bo Bobby would love to educate you. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of my thing. Uh, so soap is Sekken, and then the world at large is Sekken. Sekken. Can you hear the difference? Yeah, there's the glottal stop. Right, right, called? right. Uh, yeah. It's called the glottal stop, Ollie. Yeah, the glockenspiel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you're, you said you're calling from Kuala Lumpur? Yeah, I'm in Kuala Lumpur. I've just done some shows at the Crack House Comedy Club, which is comfortably one of the best comedy clubs uh, ever. Uh, and I, um, it was one of these things. I flew from Nepal um, because... Uh, as the Crack House Comedy Club? Yeah, um, because crack is like means jokes, right? Like Irish people say, oh, it's for the crack. Um, right. And Kuala Lumpur is... Well, I mean, Malaysia is, is a pretty conservative country, right? It's, um, you know, there's it's a majority muslim population and basically when they set the club up they wanted to kind of show it as like a bastion of, of kind of liberal ideals um even though just being caught with weed on here probably would get you put in prison and slapped on the ass by an actual man um so they they did it like with full awareness of the connotations of the word crack house yeah yeah no this yeah this isn't i mean this is run by some smart guys it was actually it was it was co-founded by um a, a british guy actually and then the um uh, the the, the owner of the club, or rather the, the co-owner uh, and the manager, uh, is a guy called Rizal, who um, himself is is, is Muslim. Um, and actually, last night, he wasn't emceeing the gig I was doing. He was doing his own gig. He was doing a gig to a corporate gig to a thousand doctors. And um, as soon as the show ended, about 11 o'clock, he came in uh, looking as pale as a ghost. And uh, he, said, he said, yeah, um, that didn't go well. It was booked as like a big corporate gig, big money. It was going to be a big opportunity. And uh, he told a joke, which was uh, my, my Muslim uh, father uh, was quite a liberal Muslim. 
and uh, he was taught by his grandfather that a Muslim shouldn't have one single drop of alcohol. So my father said, well, I'll just take that drop away and drink the rest. Now, that's a funny <laughs> joke. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, it... it it managed to get him ha- uh, heckled by um, a couple of the more conservative members of the audience. Um, and apparently the, the mood turned so badly uh, that the MC told him to to leave like right away through the back oh, door wow. like, to, to lit- literally get out of there. And I said, Tim, look, what's the worst thing that what's the worst thing that an angry Muslims ever done? And uh, <laughs> uh, he, uh, to be fair, he did find that funny. Yeah. Um, but but it, I mean, it does it does kind of remind you. I mean, I mean, certainly Kuala Lumpur is quite a liberal place, but a lot of uh, Malaysia, certainly rural parts of Malaysia, are still still have quite conservative uh, views. And um, yeah, I, I guess it made me think. I was I was very glad to be doing shows here, but I, I turned up from Nepal because uh, I just did the, the the Nepal International Comedy Festival and I explained on stage that that's how bad comedy is going for me. That I have to go there to get gigs, and yeah. I explained that it was. It was there, you know, Nepal uh, got the best international comedians uh, that they could afford. Um, and that's, 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 that's why I turned up. I don't know, man. Like, I look at what you're doing, like traveling the world and going to all these different countries and, and doing it by performing stand-up comedy. And I think it's great and I'd, I'd really like to do it. But also, it's got to be brutal. Yeah, it, well, I, I mean, it certainly it does it does um, it does get quite exhausting, and also I do think um, I mean, often what happens actually is you turn up to kind of a nascent comedy scene, and s- sometimes the show promoters themselves are relatively inexperienced, or they're or more normally they're fairly experienced themselves, but they're working with venues that just don't even know what stand up is, right? Yeah, so yeah. They, they they just they just don't get, for example, that they can't also have a band playing while stand up's going on, uh, or you know, like yes, yes, we definitely need. Uh, a microphone um and so uh but but the you know the good thing is that it means that there's there's kind of all this new material every time you turn up to a country you're you're kind of on and what i really like is when you're doing like a day of sightseeing uh you you kind of i i certainly feel like i'm more engaged when i've got a gig that evening because i'm really trying to find out exactly what makes that country tick um and uh yeah so but it's also annoying right because i wrote a routine about momos which is like their local dumplings realizing that yeah, yeah, now yeah. Can't, they're like the can't... little soft like often steamed or stewed dumplings right? right yeah but i just can't do that routine anywhere else and i couldn't I, i'm not even gonna bother telling you the jokes now because you wouldn't find them funny oh, uh, no, so that's no, also... no. And i think i think it's essential that brian and i hear your momo jokes <laughs> no, 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 just, just your that. best momo joke uh, uh, <laughs> like, like you're the the bit that you close the Momo set with, like the joke that you close that Momo set with. I think we need to hear. Uh, what did I say? What did I say? I think it was something to do with oh god, uh, something about Buddha. I don't know. Um, look, my my point is. You wouldn't find it funny, and but they that they did because it's the first time they've heard a, a white person talk about their own food back to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I almost didn't. didn't I'm not going to let you out of this without one Momo joke. Oh, Brian, okay. Well, this is, Brian needs the Momo right. joke. All right, this is what. All right, I, I, I said, how can I, I? One thing I said is, how can a, a country that has this, uh, like long and rich history of, of creation, right, for like far far longer than, uh, than, than my country, um, be so uninspired when it comes to Momo fillings, right? Because like. Literally, oh, basically, momos are like they're served everywhere, right? You literally, I think, you yeah, can. Yeah. I think I had one that was like, that was like yak meat or like buffalo meat. 
Yes. Okay. So buffalo meat. Yeah. That's the main. That's the main one, right? So buffalo meat, and it's like, oh, that sounds exotic. Then what are the other options? Then it's chicken or veg, and nothing else. They've not thought about putting anything else in Momo. What they have do is thought to cook it in a myriad of different ways. So you go to a restaurant, they give you an option of like two flavors, but about ten ways in which it can be cooked, and each of those ways has a different price point. And there's just no logic to it, right? So like, if it's boiled, it's one price. If it's fried, it's another price. If it's half fried, it's even more money, right? So like, less frying equals more money for some reason. Right. Um, right. And, uh, well, yes, and like literally everywhere sells momos, right? So you can't walk down the street. Like a momo shop sells momos. An Italian restaurant will have pizza, pasta, then a momo section. I went to a tire shop. They sell me a momo. And, um, <laughs> I, uh, all right, well, I've made you laugh. That's a bit of a team. Brian, Brian's enjoying it. I, no, I was, I was like dead set on, on waiting till you got to the end where the punchline is like, momo, more like, more options, please. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Maybe I should have said that. That's terrible. Um, well, there's, yeah, well. But I had a really nice time, and uh, the, the, I did a bit of meditation as well. So before my flight, uh, they they found me a guru. But I, I kind of... I kind of forgot that, that I'd booked this in, and I went for my birthday uh, celebrations the night before. Happy birthday, Ollie. And, um, Happy birthday. What are you, 20, 28 now, right? Yeah, and I got I got I got a, a wake up call at five a.m. from the hotel receptionist saying, uh, "Mr. Horn, your guru's arrived," and huh. <laughs> and uh, you can't. Like, I was really hanging right, and you you just can't tell a guru to fuck off. So I um <laughs> I, I I like rushed literally. I was I was running late to my meditation session, which is not a good start. And I was like fully clothed in like the the. Um, clothes I went did my show in right so I was like, turned up in jeans and a jacket and they were I'll get the jacket off and then uh, the the um, guy was like uh, we're gonna be doing a little bit of yoga and those jeans are gonna be quite restrictive do you want to take them off and I thought well it's like the same rules in school like when you forget your PE kit the teacher makes you do it in your underwear yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and so that's why I ended up I, doing uh, I, I didn't go to that school <laughs> <laughs> nor did I now that I think of it Hey, I, d- I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know Brian was funny. Um, wait a minute. Look, this school was this school run out of the back of a panel van. <laughs> Brian, it's, a, it's a British thing. thing. It's a British thing. Brian, Brian's got a bit of attitude, hasn't he? It's, me. I mean, it's almost as if Brian's have been persecuted on this podcast for the last ten episodes. Yeah, it's only as like he's got. A, it sounds like he might have a bone to pick with you in the way you lump all Brian's into one category. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's that's my soap talk. Uh, did the Nepal gigs. Had a great time. Like genuinely good. There's a good local scene there. Uh, got myself to Kuala Lumpur very late for my show. The show started at 8 p.m. and my flight didn't arrive till 8:50. And uh, so you know, on Uber, uh, I'll grab. You can like track the GPS location of a friend. I sent my GPS location of my of my grab to the MC, and he was giving live updates to the audience of uh, of, of my progress. And uh, I was so worried that I was going to be like properly late that I said, just get like put my fee behind the bar and buy everyone a drink. Um, but uh, in the end, in the end, they didn't. Uh, and so now if anyone that was at that show that was that's now listening to this knows you could have had a free drink from me if only the MC was uh, not as not a nice, not as nice of a guy as he is. Um, he's the guy that um, that last night uh, made some Muslims cross. Yeah. So anyway, that's that. That's uh, that's my somewhat unstructured soap talk, but um, so yeah, um, um, one of the thing that one of the things that I'm having Brian do since he's here for college credit is to be the timekeeper, and I just like to to make a note that uh, Ali said that's going to be it for my soap talk, and then talked for another minute and a half. <laughs> Should we move on to the news? 
uh, unless we have any any posts, do we have any any messages? I guess we could we get a live message from Brian. Well, I mean, Brian's here in the studio, so nobody's nobody's on the keyboards in the mailbox. Well, actually, one note. I want to ask. I want to ask because we've gotten five messages now from Brian. And Brian, how <laughs> many of those? Honestly, how many of those messages did you send? Um, probably one, two, two, two total. Okay, two. so there is definitely at least another Brian out there. There has to be. And, and also my my friend, uh, David, who does listen to this podcast. In fact, he was listening to this podcast whilst filming a David Attenborough series. So he said that so his job is a wildlife videographer and he had to go to Zambia to film a crocodile. Right. And, it, yeah. and he was in a, in a in a hide for in a hide for two weeks, just waiting for a crocodile to do something. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was, believe it or not, this podcast that kept him sane. So you can imagine quite what difficult conditions he was working in. Um, he is my friend and genuinely didn't believe that we weren't making the brian thing up um and so i'm glad that we've got we've got at least one actual brian to prove that um you know japan is is you know does attract losers uh, in, in the way that we claim uh bobby let's let's do the news So, Ali, since you're out of the country, you might not be following this as much, but um, but it was it was pretty apropos that you talked about uh, price points making absolutely no sense whatsoever in your Momo story because uh, Japan is raising the consumption tax again starting in October. It's going up from uh, eight to ten percent for certain things, and it's all over the news and in the uh, newspapers here because it it really is confusing what they're raising and what they're not raising and the the way it'll affect daily life is is pretty nuts. So ha had you heard anything at all about this? Well, yeah, well, I know that they were trying to increase the rate. So they increased the rate of consumption tax from five to 8%. And then that they wanted to were, raise when you were there, right? Yeah. And then they wanted to raise it to 10, but then they waited uh, because they were worried that it was going to cause a recession, which it probably would do. But like, that's still really cheap. In the UK, it's 20%, right? That. Yeah. Uh, and that's ba basically a consumption tax. What is it in the um, US now? Gosh, I, I think it's it's state by state. Like there's a, I think they're doing it state by state. Right? I feel like Florida is still like eight. Yeah. Um, I think like Chicago was at least 10 or more. And okay. then in Wisconsin, a little bit behind that. Because that's what we do in Wisconsin. We're behind on things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of the articles that I found today is about the confusion about it. Um, they were really kind of worried about the recession, like you said, and they said last time when they raised it from eight, there was a recession. When they raised it to eight, there was a recession. And they said the biggest indicator whether or not it'll happen is how much people are spending now in anticipation of the increase because people buy all these big ticket items before the tax goes up. So like people are buying cars, people are buying electronics. Um, but the confusing issue is that certain things will go up to 10 and certain things will not. So as an example of some of the things that will go up, uh, water that is not for drinking and things like dry right. ice or things made of water that are, are not for drinking will go up to 10. Uh, but so water that seems is like you drinking, can just save a bit of money by drinking it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, would definitely eat some dry ice if you're if you're uh, if you're feeling thirsty. That'll be good. Man, I, I I had a lassie on the street in the pool. I'm ready for anything. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm looking at pictures, and one of the pictures, uh, the drinking water in a bottle 
is going to remain at 8%, but the water that's not for drinking, uh, oh, so we've got it backwards, right? So the water that's not for drinking will go up. So you should just say all your water is drinking water, right? Right. No matter is it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like there's a picture of a fish in a bowl and that fish is going to go up. That fish's water will go up to 10%. But you could make an argument that the fish is drinking some of that water. Has to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. So beer is going up, but non-alcoholic beer is not. Anything okay. that well, has, has less than 1% alcohol is not going up. Mineral water is not going up. Uh, and then... Uh, there's something to do with sake, isn't there, right? If it's like, if it's mirin, even though that has alcohol, you're not, like, you're not supposed to drink mirin. I discovered. Um, <laughs> Mirin is but, cooking cooking sake, basically. It's sweetened cooking sake. So it's like there's yorishu, which is cooking sake, and then mirin is like yorishu with a lot of added sugar. <laughs> that that, remind, that reminds me of uh, when I was I, I was 17 and invited to a, a house party in in France. Uh, I was there on like well, on holiday with my friend and we we thought we were so cool we were like we definitely should bring a bottle of wine to the party we went to a news agents and just didn't obviously know anything about anything and brought two bottles of jewish passover wine um <laughs> to, right, to, right. A, to a to a like a french person's gathering uh not realizing that you're supposed to bring a good one so um yeah so mirin oh, is gonna go don't, don't be slamming the manischewitz man manischewitz is good stuff what bobby what do you know about being jewish so this is a, a long-standing joke between uh, between Ali and myself, but uh, but I'm Jewish. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I was totally waiting for the no, you're not, because that's Ali's blanket, blanket response. Well, and the, the only reason I say that is Bobby did a YouTube video where he uh, says that he's Jewish, and yeah, that's, the right, top comment, that's right. The top voter comment was, "You're not Jewish." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And like that comment had been thumbed up as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously other Gentiles going, yeah, no. Nah, nah. um, <laughs> well, Manischewitz will go up and Median will go up as well. So if you're hoping to use that loophole of just drinking the cooking sake, it's going up. So you're out of luck. What what, uh, what are they doing this for? Why aren't they just putting everything up to 10? Because they, they've also, they, you know, I, I remember I, they, I they guess, were all... I guess the logic is that will help avoid the recession, but it's just going to drive people crazy because it gets worse. It gets a lot worse. So, so takeout, food that you buy for takeout will not go up, but food that you eat in the restaurant will go up. So this includes convenience stores that have eat-in spaces. You know, they have like little counters set up where you can use the microwave or you can. Yeah, I found out that doesn't count as a restaurant, certainly not for, for the context of a date night. Well, it does for a consumption tax. So now at the convenience store register starting in October, they're going to ask you whether or not you're taking it home or you plan to eat at the eating space. And this is not like you don't, when you're at a convenience store, you don't get a tray yeah, with yeah. like a fork and a knife. You would basically be like borrowing a chair and some table space while you opened your onigiri and ate it. It's like you're, fancy. You're basically. Yeah. 
And you're basically squatting in their in their convenience store, aren't they? Uh, hey, what about convenience stores which don't have that eating space, but they're like, <laughs> but you just you just tell them like, um, I plan to eat this carbonara right here. You eat your onigiri while you like peruse the the magazine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Yes, what I found a loophole. So what if you say to them, I'm going to treat this store like a buffet, and. <laughs> <laughs> But so uh, I guess they're going to ask you. And if you say, I'm planning on eating this on the premises, um, then the tax goes up. They, they have to charge you the, the higher tax. And this isn't included for, so uh, hotel room service. If you eat in a hotel dining facility or you get room service, but if you eat the stuff in the mini bar, that doesn't go up. Right. Okay. I mean, who does that? I mean, to be honest, if you're eating food from a hotel mini bar, you're not really worried about a two percent tax increase, are you? You're already you're yeah, already top one percent. You've got you've got money. Uh, yeah. But my favorite one, and so one of the TV shows I do, we we go around and uh, and pick fruits and vegetables and then use them in recipes. Um, so if you go to uh, like an apple orchard or like a fruit orchard and you pick stuff there and take it home with you there will not be a 10% tax. But if you eat it in the orchard, there will be. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy, right? Yeah. But, I mean, and this this is going to be one of these things that just like now just creates more jobs, yeah. right? Like this, the, the problem of this is that there's going to be an office worker that's responsible for like, having itemized. I saw I, I saw someone eat a banana, so I think, <laughs> I think we, we ought to pay a bit more tax. Ultimately, isn't the point of tax reform that like, tax is supposed to get progressively simpler? Uh, you would think so. And I think this is going to be a huge moral issue for Japan because, you know, like Japan it has a reputation for being very honest and upstanding and not breaking the rules. But everyone knows that, like, if, even if you want to you know, eat, your, eat your tuna salad sandwich in front of the convenience store, the price is going to go up. So it's easier to just add that register. This is going to be introducing a moral quandary for every customer who has right. to go, well, I mean, what do I do? Do I take the 2% discount and lie? Or do, do I admit that I'm, I'm planning on looking at the nude pictures in Friday while, <laughs> while I eat my potato chips and pay the extra? <laughs> Is, is is that is that true for the soft pornography they sell in convenience stores too? Will you be consuming this inside the store or outside the store? <laughs> uh, Brian, how long have you been in Japan for? Uh, it's been about one and a half years. Right, and what what um what what percentage of the month do you spend inside a convenience store? one mm. percent uh, maybe. Uh, of the month percentage of a month yeah I mean, yeah yeah that sounds fair yeah do, do you what 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 thing do you end up buying the most for me it was fried chicken <laughs> yeah yeah the karagebo um that's what, one of the few things i can say in japanese is ordering the karagebo <laughs> um and uh a lot of like water and sports drinks you know i wasn't really a sports drink drinker until i came here in this humid weather i'm like putting yeah. all those electrolytes back in well, that's really the first time I had like Aquarius or Pokari sweat. I didn't enjoy it at all, but it's because that stuff tastes different depending on how much your body needs electrolytes, yeah, apparently. And yeah. so if you are like very 
if you're exerting yourself a lot and your body needs replenishing, it tastes a lot better. Yeah. Uh, oh, that explains why it always tastes like shit for me. It seems like I never exerted myself. <laughs> and yet you were constantly sweating. Um, so, <laughs> so there's one more on the list here that I think, you know how people are always talking about how like the government and the media is all like, like arm in arm here in Japan. Like, like the, the news outlets are basically just government outlets. Yeah. There's one that really makes me think that, that they're going hard on like traditional like the government is trying to boost sales of traditional Japanese media because they're not raising the tax on traditional published newspapers that are delivered to your home and published more than twice a week. But right. they are raising all the taxes on electronic newspapers and ones that you buy at the convenience store. Right. Yeah. I don't even but, see the reasoning for this. Like why like why why electronic newspapers? Well, that- that that does reek of, of protectionism, doesn't it? But I think there's actually a wider point to be made here that I think the the, the media clearly is changing um, because you linked me to a Japan Times article which outlines this story. Yeah. And the Japan Times article links to the Mainichi Shimbun, it links to the Asashi, the Asahi Shimbun, um, and it also links, the third newspaper, third-party news source that it links to, is the Weekly Playboy. Um, yeah. in, in, its, in its September the 23rd issue, Weekly Playboy predicts that the reduced tax system will result in chaos. So I naturally clicked Weekly Playboy, and it's exactly what you think it is. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's, uh, it's a load of women um, with legs. And um, for, for, for me, this, this, is, this is more telling about the... Um, like the, the state of, of of Japanese media, that in a genuinely serious article about reporting on the um, like the, the fiscal consequences of uh, an increase in consumption tax, on the same page as me reading in Japanese uh, about th- this potential upset, um, I also have a choice of Charisma Girl, um, Hajimete DJ, um, or Cyber Jap, um, which are three options of um, of, of girls in um, bikinis. Um, <laughs> so um, maybe that's maybe that's um, Maybe that's what they're worried about. Maybe, maybe that uh, people aren't happy to receive their news unless it's um, also um, accompanied by boobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they, they are right, especially for their readership, that it will uh, result in chaos because uh, 10% tax rate, they will raise it to 10% on uh, services that you receive from those girls in the shop. But if you can convince one to come home with you, <laughs> it's actually free. <laughs> It reminds me actually that um, the way that most foreigners interact with consumption tax is by getting it back, right? Because if, if you go to um, like Don Quixote or something, uh, which is you know, the, the big department store, you'll see just queues and queues and queues of foreign tourists getting their 8% consumption tax back. And um, the, for the first time I came back to Japan without um, my, like without a visa, right? So I was there on, as, 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 as on a tourist visa. Um, I was suddenly eligible to get this money back, right? But I bought maybe 2,000 yen of stuff, but I thought I'm not going to uh, queue for, sometimes it's over an hour uh, just to get my kind of like 22 yen back. Um, and uh, maybe just this increase of 10% is only going to make that, that problem worse. But I do remember, right? In the shop, yeah. they said, do you, do you plan to consume these inside Japan uh, or outside of Japan? 
and uh, obviously that's that's a question they need to ask for for anything. And I, it's just a shame that I wasn't buying um, like condoms and sex toys, which is like one of the, one of one of their main things, right? Like they're they're mainly a sex shop. This shop, which also happens to also sell cornflakes and and t-shirts. You're talking about um, Don Quixote, right? Yeah. Well, so, and, so uh, I, like, I don't think that's a fair characterization because Don Quixote sells everything. Like, what literally I'm saying is, everything. But what I'm saying is you can use everything as a sex toy, Bobby. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you, no, you are right. In fact, I think I used to do a routine about this that, like, I, I think um, whoever, whoever is the Don Quixote's buyer is the most tolerant and liberal person in the whole world because they're, they're just they're, they're just someone that's unable to say no, right? You come in with a product that you'd like to sell. They go, yeah, we'll sell that as well. All right, fair enough. Uh, um, yeah, so I wonder if you can, like, do split, you know, if, if you were to, like, buy buy a bottle of lube and they go, you're going to planning to consume this in Japan, about half I will, yeah. Can I, can I, pay, can I pay 9% tax? Well, they really have no idea what they're doing. Like, like delivery food or or things like that. Like that, you're eating it in your own home, but it comes with a service, right? So, like bringing it to your house is a service. But if you you buy coffee from a machine that's automated, then that doesn't count as a service. But if somebody pours it into the cup for you, it's considered catering. Um, so it's just crazy. And I think I I, I tend to think that uh, that weekly playboy is right i think it's going to be chaos okay well um it, uh, yet again yet again uh, this podcast concludes with us uh, confirming and affirming uh, the worldview of the weekly playboy um final word of this episode goes to brian oh boy um well actually ali i'm gonna say that you said it thanks a lot brian okay so <laughs> you know on by river <laughs> Continuing to alienate the Bryans at every chance, at every at every opportunity. So I he he missed the last episode actually, but um but we decided that you know Justin Bieber has the believers and like Hoodie Allen has the Hoodie Mob. Like we decided the River Cruise podcast listeners are just the Bryans. Yeah, it's simple. It's easy. Holly has no respect for the Bryans. <laughs> the Bryans have no respect for themselves. La, 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 la.